Yo, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time world champion, WWE Hall of Famer, and founder and CEO of DDP Yoga. Better known today is DDPY. Why? I'll tell you why. I want people to stop calling it just effing yoga. That's why. And I want you to know that May 10th, I will be on Strong Words with my buddy, the man, the man with a plan, Ian Strong. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Strong Words! Strong Words! All right, welcome to Strong Words with Ian Strong, the entertaining entertainment podcast. I'm your host, Ian Strong, and thank you so much for joining me for another great episode that I have lined up for you, because today I'm getting the band back together. I'm getting the Fab Three back together. That's right, comic book letterer extraordinaire, bass player for my band, Dead Cowboy, Dave Sharp, is going to return to the show, as well as my best friend in the whole world, one half of Awesomely Strong, lead singer of Dead Cowboy, Dan Freet. The Fab Three are getting back together, and this time we're going to talk about all the movies in the world of Spider-Man. We've already conquered the world of The Walking Dead. We've already tackled all of the movies in the X-Men world. Now today we're going to talk about all the movies in the Spider-Man world. We're going to talk about the Tobey Maguire trilogy. We're going to talk about the Mark Webb series of films that had Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. We're going to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the very popular animated feature film. And we're going to talk about the new incorporation of Tom Holland into the MCU and the Spider-Man films that have spawned since then. We're going to break down every film from its theatrical release. We're going to talk about what we liked about them, what we didn't. We'll compare and contrast the different iterations of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, and all the classic Spider-Man characters in this universe, and we're going to talk about where they rank on all of our respective lists, and so much more. But the conversation doesn't just end with the three of us talking about where they rank on our respective lists. We want to hear from you. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Ian Strong Words, or email this podcast, strongwordspodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Which of these films is your favorite? Which one is your least favorite? Which one of our lists is closest to yours, or do you have a completely different list from the three of us? So let's get the Fab Three back together and talk about the world of Spider-Man after I do what I do every episode, and that's play a little music that I personally recorded every instrument for, right here on Strong Words with Ian Strong. So based on our pre-recorded conversation, I kind of feel like this was a bad idea. <laughs> no. Because I, I, we're going to talk about all the Spider-Man movies today, <sighs> like we did with all the X-Men movies, but I'm, I'm like a genuine fan of Spider-Man and of most of the movies in some way, shape, or form, but you guys seem to have some pretty strong negative opinions. <laughs> Well, I just have strong opinions. Not, ne- I mean, I have strong opinions positively on a bunch of the movies too. Okay, I do. All right. So before we get into, 
Oh, starting to get already. <laughs> I, can, I I feel the temperature rise. Well, yeah, well, let me tell you. I'm a fan, too. Like I don't think I would say it as Dan said. Not, not that we're not fans of it. I mean, I, I you know, I'll drop some names. I, I, I cut my teeth working on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I did the daily strips for like two years. So, like, I'm strong. Really, like, some like John Byrne said once, like, you're not allowed to call... Like if you don't work in comics, people will be like, oh, "I like Spidey." You know, you're not allowed to call him Spidey because you don't even work in him. You know, so I get to call him Spider. I get to call him Spidey. You know, all that said, but I think he's awesome. I think as a character, he's fine. Um, he suffers exactly what we'll talk about in, in a couple of things. You, he suffers once you put him in with the Avengers. Yeah, because he's he's my favorite Marvel character, and okay. and I'm basing most of this by my introduction to Spider-Man being the Saturday morning cartoon. Okay. It was my favorite Saturday Fire morning Star cartoon. It was awesome. Oh yeah, Fire the Hobgoblin. Star, and, yeah. yeah, it was Super Friends. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, awesome. no, no. It, it was the 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 one that would be like on Fox on Saturday mornings. That like Spider Man, Spider Man, the yeah. old old one. No, no, no. Like the one in like the nineties, the early, late late eighties, so early nineties. Not with Firestar and Ice no. Man. The other okay, now I know right. which, okay. That yep. was that was basically after, my introduction to Spider-Man. after the Firestar and Iceman ones. Yeah, and okay. I thought that it was genuinely cool. Like I thought that he had these really cool powers, and I thought that the yeah. villains were all kind of cool in their yeah, own yeah, way. Yeah, great. And I think that's what kind of makes my opinion up about some of where I consider the hierarchy of comic books is the the classification of villains, the rogues gallery. Yeah, because when we're talking about like the Sinister Six, and we're talking about I was just gonna say I, I know you said we were coming on like hard against it. I, I love Spider Man. You one used of my, the words trash. There are some trash movies, <laughs> movies, not yeah. character. I okay. love Spider Man. Like he's one of my favorite characters. I think it's arguable that him and Batman might have the best rogues gallery in comic books. Was, That's we, why yeah. he's my favorite Marvel sure. character. Because right. I, I yeah. mean, he's great. I mean, you got the likes of Stilt Man. What can you do? Peace, Pot Pete. <laughs> all the greats, you know, all the greats. But no, he's Who eventually great. became the trapster. But. And I think my love for his rogues gallery and for the character itself is one of the reasons that I'm pretty hard on some of the movies. Okay. I mean, it'll come out when we get to the movies. Let's just Well, did you did you read the comics when you were a kid? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of I got a stack of comics given to me by my brother, and there was a ton of Spider Man in there. So, like, you know, and when you're little, you have a stack of 10 comics yeah. that you just read over and over. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, Spider-Man was always in there. Well, and that's why I wanted to do this particular grouping of films is because, like, they're all so different. When we're talking about the different people who played Spider-Man and the different directors' approaches to telling the stories of Spider-Man. Because, and as we'll get into some of these movies, like, some of them are very deep-rooted in what Spider-Man would be like in reality today. And, you know, especially in regards to, like, how easy or difficult it would be for him to maintain his secret identity as Peter Parker and how it affects his relationships with people going forward as the movies and stories and whatever progresses. But in the world of Spider-Man in the comics, that doesn't really happen all that often where where people know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I mean, there, not, there are some. So, so they're immediately getting to the problem with number two. Ama- um, Amazing two or, or uh, Raimi's two? The, the, uh, Raimi's number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the heart of the problems for me, and this might not be, again, so there'll be different opinions maybe. Uh, you never take the hero's mask off. 
Yeah. And, you know, and here he is on like, now granted, it's New York. The only, I guess the only place in the planet would be maybe, or India, would be Manhattan, where, you know, he's on a train and those 30 people that see his face is, are never going to see Peter Parker again. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, fortunately, that was before uh, camera cell phones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That yes. that that would not work. To, that scene would not work today. Yeah, no, they don't let him yeah. fall yeah. to the ground. You're and absolutely all snap right. Because right? look, look, you're, you're absolutely right. Hundred percent right. So I mean, that's so, and that that's one of the like as watching rewatching as we can go over it again. Like it's one of the reasons why two really started to fall in my eyes. That being a major part. That's not enough to for it to fall hard. Because they get over it real quick and so forth. But you're right. If cell phones immediately change that. But Well, and see, what I appreciated about that was it took Mary Jane two whole movies to find out Spider-Man's identity in Raimi's trilogy. But it took about two scenes for Andrew Garfield to tell Gwen Stacy that he was Spider-Man. Let's just get to these as we get to. Okay, okay. There's so, different characters, too, like... If you read a lot, yeah, and, and Dan's right, let's get to it, the, but very different characters because mm-hmm. in the in the comics, it kind of happens almost like that in the comics, but we'll sit yeah, anyway. Yeah. So the way that we're going to do this is similar to the way that we did it with the X-Men movies where we're just going to talk about them in order of their theatrical release, and then we'll talk about what we like or dislike about them and where they fell on our respective lists. So to jump in with the very first movie directed by Sam Raimi, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and James Franco and Kirsten Dunst in 2002, I had a really hard time trying to figure out where I wanted to put this movie because I I have so much high regard for it because of how much I love watching it, but there's also a lot of things going back and watching it that I'm like, man, the CGI is just, it doesn't hold up. The Green Goblin's costume is just dreadful. But it's very dated. Yeah, it's it's a very dated movie. However, I actually ended up ranking it number two on my list. I know that probably seems very high to you guys, but to me, it's such an enjoyable movie to watch, except for when Macy Gray sings. <laughs> and <laughs> be, because I, I love that introduction to the character so much. And with all of these other movies that explain Spider-Man's origin, it was still fresh back then. And one of the things that I didn't realize until watching it again in preparation for this episode of how much I loved about it is Danny Elfman's score of this movie The score's perfectly great. fits this movie. I mean, Danny Elfman's done a ton of movies. Name any Tim Burton movie. He's scored it. He's done the Men in Black movies. He's done Beetlejuice. He's amazing. You know, yeah, he, Elfman's he's, amazing. He's, yeah. great, he's great at what he does. And I think Even that, when he's hacking stuff out, it's still, it's still decent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this had like, you know, when, when Peter's climbing the wall for the very first time and he puts the hand on the wall and you're bump. Bump, mm-hmm. bump, and you just kind of feel that, and like the, the, I think, like I said, I don't want to just drive home the the point of the score being the the main no, point of um, this movie, but like to me, I'm not saying that it doesn't have its flaws. It, to me, it's still enjoyable to watch to this day because I'm able to overlook all the problems that I have with it and just enjoy it for what it was in the time in which it was released. Okay. Dave, where did it fall for you? Number five. Okay, so I, I guess I should probably, before, I didn't mean to cut you off, yeah. I should at least mention the list of the movies that we're going to be discussing, because there are eight total in this world. We have Sam Raimi's trilogy, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. We have The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, which feature Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. We have the two that are incorporated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, featuring Tom Holland, which is Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. And then we have the animated movie, Spider-Man Into the Multiverse, or Into the Spider-Verse, which came out 
in uh, 2018. So we'll talk about them in order mm-hmm. of their theatrical release. Go, yep. Going back to, you said that this one lands fifth out of eight Number for you? Number five, yeah. I, so I don't, I, I don't mind it. I definitely, I definitely get the origin parts that you're, it really gets those origin beats that are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge problems are Spider-Man's a genius. Like Peter Parker is a genius. Mm-hmm. And they've, tra- they've tried to play around with that idea. But he, so as soon as you give him this weird synthetic webbing, that he shoots so so he shoots the stuff out of his body somehow, right? So where <laughs> go, is web, it, go. where does he make it? How much does he have? How far can it gonna I mean like the whole thing becomes a whole thirty minute discussion on its own. Yeah. And it's and it takes away from his geniusness because he's supposed to be able to make this stuff awesome. Like he's so amazing that he makes a super solvent thing that doesn't work great at first, but still it works. And it works, and he makes then makes little web shooters, and then makes spider tracers and all this kind of stuff without Tony Stark's help. Mm-hmm. And so, that point you're making right there is the number one thing I like the most about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Okay, and, is, that, well, is that they highlight? At that. least they do that, right? Yeah. And uh, that's fair. I, I would I would agree with that. And and because that's again my problem is more because it opens up. Look, we're gonna believe this stuff is real, and you can do all the stuff. That's fine, but like. That opens up a totally it's, it's a different debate than yeah. superpowers. It's like ew, what is, ew, <laughs> what is he shooting? Like, and again, more like you know, my spider has this like, and I does believe- it like have a little thing that opens <laughs> yeah, up? I mean, <laughs> what is going on exactly? There? So yeah, it, it's yeah. it's like the bottom of a foot, right? right. That so, peeled off. And a second, so but I, I like the casting, Kirsten. Dun- I've always liked Kirsten Dunst. I you know, hater number three. But we'll get to that. Yeah, Toby McGuire is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, William Defoe. No, no, <laughs> Dan shaking his That's head. fair. That's fair. You, you give good reason for the hate. William Defoe. I love it's William great. Defoe. But as you mentioned, so you get years before you get, you, you try to put these movies out and you have like, you're trying to sell these movies and sell them to people. Spider-Man had a little bit of a run. People knew who Spider-Man was. Mm-hmm. People knew who Green Goblin was barely, almost because of maximum overdrive mm-hmm. where you get this awesome Green Goblin truck and it's just the coolest truck ever. And then you get oh, this move and yeah. you get this mechanical weird mask. Yeah, it's so when they, when they cast the guy who looks, if you make <laughs> him green, he you looks amazing. You could make him green and make his nose a little bit his longer. His facial ears and he's already green goblin. incredible. I know. It's, it, and you, and you, the mask yeah. covers it the whole time. Almost yeah. that, like 99% That scene that he time. does in front of the mirror where he's basically like bipolar yeah. and they did that all in one shot. It's great. It brilliantly demonstrates the genius casting that it's was a really his good performance, cast. and, and then yeah. boom, and then they ruin him. So, what you know, the suit is a problem. Even though I, I like everything about the suit, but the mask. If they just put the mask on him, the suit itself is a cool idea. I like the way they come about it, and I like James Franco too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't hate his but, Harry Osborne, but that's fair. So, so Dan, <laughs> let me start by saying that. I think I would have ranked this movie a whole lot better if we'd have done this roundtable like, you know, maybe eight or ten years ago. <laughs> that being said, um, it's hard for me because I I need to start off by saying Sam Raimi's, for me, is like has hmm, done point. some of my favorite movies ever, mm-hmm. you know, with the Evil Deads mm-hmm. and the Army of Darkness, like, cult favorites of mine, so... It's almost Rewatch. as if like the sorry to cut you off, but it's almost as if like doing the Walking Dead and or I'm sorry, the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness movies, like perfectly set him up to be able to do this type of movie that's gonna require this type of I don't want to say CGI, but like this type of filmography. Out of the box thinking yeah. or something. Yeah. Right. No, and I agree with all that. 
I think my biggest problem is with these movies is, well, the fact that Tobey Maguire always looks like he's going to going to cry. <laughs> he does. I mean, Spider-Man does not cry that much. I have a real problem with that. I think he's an okay Peter Parker. I think he's a terrible Spider-Man. Okay. Why is that? I just, he's just, from him trying to do the, you know, the quippy little things, like they just don't, they never hit for me. Like even back in the original. And I loved it then because like, it was the only thing you had, you know, like it's Spider-Man on the big screen. And and it it was awesome. You know, like the fanboy in me just loved it. Coming back and rewatching. I just like, I, I, I despise Kirsten Dunst too. Like she ruined Mary Jane for me. I like, I never liked her. I'm just not a fan. So when you have the two main characters of this series who you don't really love, like I said, I mean, Toby was fine, but like, after all the rest of the movies have been released up to where we're doing this, I really dislike him as Spider-Man. I think he's an okay Peter Parker, but I, I don't like his Spider-Man really at all. Where, where did this fall on your list? Um, this one landed at six. Okay. I did want to say, though, I, I thought I, I thought there was some some of the good stuff about it was uh, Uncle Ben and, and Aunt May were cast wonderfully. Sure. Yeah. They yep. appropriate yep. ages... You know, all this, uh, like, to the comics, like, mm-hmm. the kind of... Rosemary Harris looks like an Aunt May. She really does. You know, you got, you got Randy Macho Man Savage and, like... <laughs> I uh, forgot Bone Soul. Bone Soul is really... <laughs> right. but, see, but see, it's stuff like that that makes me no, rank no, no, this no, so listen, high. That's because, and, like, and these are the things that I love about that's it. That's yeah, fair. So, yeah. so, like, you know, there's so many things about this movie that are just, like instilled in the lexicon of my vernacular you know with great power comes great responsibility and and the best casting in spider-man came out of this movie in j jonah jameson absolutely still right yeah, still, still to this day and he's still, still playing the part still, so still, still yeah. killing it that's good no that's a good point so i mean there are definitely things I, I like and appreciate i'm just saying going back from where i'm at right now and rewatching, i don't it's just eh, to, hard to your me. point though i think there's something to be said about that you had Blade. And Bruce Campbell, and and Bruce Campbell as all the cameos, the great, the great cameos, just well, like. in, in all three. Yeah, was, I was saying that was, we were hoping that he'd be quitting back the Mysterio, but that went a different way. But that, that was ru- always rumored. But I would think that interesting, like the definitely good point those dances too is that you know all we had was Blade and X Men, so this was really exciting. I also I got to see this as a Marvel premiere mm-hmm. and the whole room went nuts as opposed to X-Men. They were like, oh, that was fun. So you're right. It well, has not, uh, it's not aged as well. You know, what seems underwhelming now was amazing. It was an outstanding. Then. It has, has not aged as well. So I give it a little bit of, like, I want to put, I want to give it a little more credit than I have, but you know, it just, it's and also, but it's a little bit boring, but that's. There are parts. Yeah. You know, I'll agree with that. But six on the list is not. Yeah, and I it's got not, five on my list is not it's bad. Not, and honestly, five and six could easily flip-flop. Well, see, no and that's kind of where, like, when I said I put it at two, I was really struggling. I was going to put it at three, but when I tell you what my number three is, and I'll explain why, we'll, we'll get to that. So let's let's move on to yeah. the sequel, Spider-Man 2, featuring Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. Oh, yeah. I put this at number one because, to me, as far as, like, story and development – it's everything that I wanted in a Spider-Man movie because like you can feel the tension in Peter Parker throughout the entire movie of trying to maintain this facade that he's Spider-Man but also having to deal with the real life consequences of his actions and how it affects the people around him. 
What? <laughs> That's so you're fine, and, I, and you're welcome to have that opinion. And, that is and the Alfred worst. Molina as Doc Ock is awesome. Yeah, for sure. You're not wrong on that. I mean, he's the reason it lands where he, it lands for me. So here's the problem. Why I watched that yesterday. If you took 45 minutes out of that movie, it would be excellent. <laughs> it is a bit long. It's, it's long, and as soon as, and I'm sorry, I, this is my, again, my personal opinion is coming in. And this is, now Spider-Man's done this in the comics, so this is not necessarily fair to say the movie ruins it. But when you have a superpower, superhero, and you have inherent powers, like, say the Hulk, like, turns into the Hulk. So mm-hmm. if you give him, a, like, a, a psychological problem that, like, you know, in those movies, he can't turn into it after because Thanos kicks his ass so bad. Okay, that at least you, I can understand. Like he's having, he can't. He's, there's a problem. Same thing, with Captain America. There should never be a crisis of confidence, and you're like, I lost my powers because I'm just not confident anymore. I hate that more than any other superhero trope because why do the powers go away? Like I understand you don't want to be Spider Man anymore, but like I can't climb walls anymore. Like that's that was that was part of your thing. Like it, they just come out naturally. That's not like. Because I'm not confident. I can't. It's that makes sense. Like in this world that we're in, this make believe world that we're creating, it makes no logical sense that you could lose your power. Well, well, putting it in terms of like X Men stuff, not being able to control your mutation because of something going on mentally kind of seems to make sense to me. But he's not even, he's just can't do it. He's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, it's just, it's like this huge giving up. So, like, but if you oh, take it's, that, it's even worse in the third one, though. But if you but it's like forty minutes, and he's like, you know, brain drops and calling on my head, and he's walking <laughs> around the park. And he's like, oh, everyone's getting robbed. Better not get involved. Like, well, come on, man. Like it's it's a so I have a huge problem with that. Okay, that and him taking the mask off really brings the music the movie down. Alfred Molina is brilliant. There's 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 just no other way to put the it. The train fight scene. Train fight's excellent. You're right. Excellent. Aunt May in peril. Mm-hmm. With Doc Ock, so awesome and so comic book like. When the movie came out, this is my problem. I think now again, it's dated. Is that this movie was made perfectly for muggles, and so <laughs> call me a muggle? No, because I know you're Cause, not. Because I put it as my number one. <laughs> I know you're not a muggle. So, I, but but I think you, but it's you it's do like, come from a non comic book standpoint yeah, from it. Yeah. Though. So it's like it's made perfectly for a like your girlfriend would. That was really good. You're like, oh, of course it was, but there were massive problems with it. But it's it's number four on mine. So like it, okay, right so in the middle. Yeah. So it's really not. So it's not. That's not a bad ranking. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, where do you have it, Dan? Uh, I have it as uh, number three. Okay. I kind of agree with you with the power thing, but I almost overlook that whenever I watch it. And at I least think it's, it's because I've it's, seen it so many times. At least it's canon. I mean, it's in the comics. It's so interesting because I'm going to say of all the Raimi films, I've seen this one by far the most. This is the movie that really made me hate. Hate Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane because she screams nonstop. <laughs> like, I didn't even notice that till just now, but yeah, she totally does. She and does. it's annoying. Like, <laughs> I think, like, again, it's I, I'm not really a big fan, but again, the train scene is great. Tolls mask falls off. Uh, I think it was this movie where I kind of realized that you know Toby's not a bad Peter Parker again, but he's just wasn't a great Spider-Man for me again. He, he, they just don't come, you know, I want quick wit. And like, even when he would like say in the first movie, come on, Gobby, it just doesn't, it just doesn't hit for me at all. 
You know, I don't believe do you him think it's as in the, Do you think it's in the delivery or do you think it's I in think the writing? Uh, honestly, I think Toby's a pussy. And, um, <laughs> he's not, I've had other friends. Like he's always crying and like. A couple of lifelong Spidey friends have said the same thing that Toby is a wuss. Like that's it, it, that's it, my yeah. biggest problem. Um, he looks all right in the suit. Yeah. I don't think he's the. the it rides up the crotch a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, and uh, it's funny. With that dude. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> One of the scenes that makes me laugh the most out of the movie is uh, when Mary Jane, at near the end, he's running, leaves the wedding, and J. Jonah Jameson's sitting there, and he's like, <laughs> and he's call Linda. And his wife's like, the caterer? Tell her not to open the caviar. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think I laugh more to that part than I did in any other part of the movie. But I like uh, that shot, too, when they're like looking down the aisle, and then he just kind of slowly pokes his head in. Like, where's she at? <laughs> But the reason I think it ranks so high for me is uh, obviously Alfred Molina is just brilliant as Doc Ock. The fight scenes were really well choreographed. That scene when they were trying to dismantle him after the very first accident, I remember watching that thinking like, man, this is kind of violent. It's pretty brutal. Like yeah. for for a movie that's supposed to be like, I mean, it's PG-13, but it's kind of intended for all ages. Well, the one, the, especially when, when the machine starts falling apart the first time and the one poor girl gets like killed right there on oh, the his, spot. his wife. Is, yeah, it's his wife, Doug. She mm-hmm. gets annihilated. She gets yeah. knocked out really hard. Yeah, it's... Good thing they didn't show it because she would have been stuck just in with glass yeah, all through it, her. Totally. Just yeah. stuck yeah, yeah. with glass. And you know Sam Raimi probably really wanted to show that too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they were, they held back a little bit. I, want, I don't think I've ever seen the uh, uncut version of these so i wonder if there's a little bit if there's more of that well i'm, I'm i guarantee same. that they're like yeah you can't show that <laughs> well, we, a, had, we were gonna <laughs> the first evil dead's nc-17 you can't <laughs> yeah we're not pushing those kinds of boundaries yeah cool. i really just feel like uh i think of all the movies doc ock felt like the best portrayal of a villain really i mean like yeah. him him as and and for me like I always was a fan of Doc Ock too, and they just did him really well. Mm-hmm. So it just ranks high. For I, me especially again, for, I don't mean like in this case. In a, in, I mean, it, I wish he was case, in better shape. That's all, that's my only critique. But but, but, but Doc Ock's really not. He's in, not. Yeah, he's, he's, a little, he's just an overweight. I'm, I'm not saying that you know? he needed to be buff or um, ripped or jacked, but he was just kind of like chubby. I think but, what's but, yeah. this is where like it being made for a muggle works because. He's he's a perfect a perfect villain. He's got a reason. Mm-hmm. You can he, empathize with you him. You empathize just with but then you're like, okay, but you gotta put him down, man. He's gonna mm-hmm. destroy Manat and you gotta kill him. And so like so that that that's rare where you get that really well done villain and you care about him and wanna see him go down. Well, and just to close on this because we need to move on, I appreciated the fact that it took, like I said before, this long over the course of two movies for the people that are in Peter's life the most to discover that he is Spider-Man. Yeah, it Be- should take, yeah, that's fair. I mean, it takes a while in the comics too. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't happen right, you know, it takes, he, he guards it pretty well. Mm-hmm. So moving on to 2007, oh, sorry. So one quick, so quick things though, one, two I wanted to mention is that one, there, there's little nods. You get what's supposed to be a Wolfman by, a, oh, man, Wolfman by Mars, whatever. Anyway, James Jonah's son is supposed to be the one that goes to the moon. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be a venom piece. Yeah, like, like he's symbiote. Spo- the symbiote was supposed to come back with that astronaut that you know with the goes to the, that they keep talking about James Franco. Is that a deleted scene? They were they had they had filmed something to put it there and then like never released it because it was like they they were like they were, we don't we don't want to go this direction yet. Right. And then the other one was the other character 
Oh no, I forgot. It just it just escaped me. So if I come back to me, I'll. I'll well, they kind of introduced Doc Connors. Thank you. Doc Connors is the lizard, right? Or, or possible lizard, right? Right. Um, I mean, it's just right. his professor at that mm-hmm. point. Right. Um, and he, he, someone he else doesn't. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't yeah. have his left arm. So anyway. So all right. So speaking of Venom and the symbiote, that actually did get introduced in 2007, Spider-Man Three, despite the fact that Sam Raimi didn't want to put that in the movie, but was pushed into doing so by the studio. Because they thought that more villains equals better movie, and it just did not. Not for me, at least. This falls in at 7 out of 8 on my list. Because as much as I want to enjoy this movie, I feel like they're just trying to do too much at one time. 100%. I, I feel like with the, the continuing struggle between Peter and Harry, thus introducing the new Goblin, as well as the incorporation of the Sandman character, which was really cool. I thought he was really cool on screen. I thought that was enough. And then they had to throw in so much Venom and Eddie Brock and Gwen Stacy and all these other characters that hadn't been previously introduced. So much stuff. And by the time that the movie ended, I just kind of felt like that went fast. Like they threw so much at me that like I didn't get a chance that's, to digest it. That's its only saving grace though, is that well, going back and watching is I don't mind why it's it's not boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit like there's the plot holes, plot holes here and there, but it's not boring at least. Well, um, and and then but, emo Peter annoys the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah, well, and, and, again, yeah, it's weird yeah. stuff. Right? I know it. I know it's supposed to. I, I know well, it's supposed to. You know, start to make you feel like but yeah, he's, the, but he's his, not under control. But it, of his, you know. his, so where did where did it end up on your list? Low. It's it's um second to last. Yeah, that's that's where it is for me. Seven out of eight. Okay, is that where it is? For no, you no, I'm sorry. No, uh, third to last. I'm sorry. So. So six. Six. Yeah, six. Sorry. No, it's dead last for me. I hate it. Really? So much. Yeah, I, I can't stand it. So, um, so well, hold on. Let, let, me, let, me, let me pump it a little bit. Then you can turn, just turn. Okay, go ahead. Hey, you, it's my you, turn. You do it. Go Dave. for it. Tear it apart, Dave. man. It's my turn. Tear it I'm apart. not going to tear it apart. <laughs> I did write, however, in my notes, junk was the first word I wrote. <laughs> um, but again, it tries to do too, mu- too much. Topher Grace was a terrible casting for Eddie Brock. Awful, so terrible. Sure. It wasn't even like it was written right. The three of them, like Franco and him and Toby, they look they looked like bad GQ model. The right. Three of them standing yeah. next to each other. Um, <laughs> the entire male cast of the '70s show As, again with Kirsten Dunst in this movie. Like I got to the point where I was like. I was like, this girl is a man hopper. She's a slut. Bang. <laughs> and I literally felt that way. You know what I mean? Like Bang. she she hops from this dude to this dude to this dude throughout the movies. Yeah, I just Well then they did that really me. stupid and weird like amnesia storyline yeah. with And still so much screaming and crying. She's the <laughs> So much. Yeah. The best part of the movie, this is what I I feel the best part of the movie is the Bang, bang, finger bang, and the hip wiggle dance is the best part of the movie for me. And that, and maybe the 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 Bruce Campbell cameo is pretty cool. His part in the third movie is my favorite of all three of his movies. I, I believe so too. So if you don't know, I'm gonna in the first movie he was the ring announcer who actually introduces Spider Man when he goes to fight Boonsaw. Then in the second movie he's the usher at the theater who yeah, won't let Peter in to see. Mary Jane's play because it's already in progress. But in the third movie, he's the mater d of the French restaurant who keeps calling him Pecker. (laughs) Pecker. That's what I said. Pecker. (laughs) It's my favorite of all of his scenes. So good. 
And it wasn't until like you know I got a little bit older and I knew who you know I realized who Bruce Campbell was that I realized like man, not only is he great in all three of these movies, but he gets better in every movie that he's in. <laughs> okay. To the point to the point where like I kind of wish that he ended up playing Mysterio. Yeah. That was always the rumor. I'm not sure if that was a hard rumor or if that what we all wanted it to be or mm-hmm. something. I, th- I think he wanted it to be a read somewhere or something like that. So, so well, of all three of Raimi's movies, it had the best opening weekend as far as domestic gross at 151 million, but it had the worst overall finish. gross. Yeah, it doesn't finish very well because people didn't want to go see it a second yeah. time. Uh, it's unfortunate. So, I like the. Uh, his name just popped out of my head. Sandman's a tour for great. No, the, Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church is awesome as Sandman. Yeah, I thought I that was his, a good choice. His arc is excellent. I, I, I wish. Even, I wish. He, I wish that in 2007 they had better CGI I, you know, for his whole, character. The whole thing, him killing Uncle Ben, is weird. But yeah, I forgot. I forgot to mention that. I hated that inclusion of the story. I don't mind that if if you're gonna deal with. Yeah, it didn't you, really make any sense. If you live with Dance with the Devil and Pale, if, if you're gonna live with Joker killing Batman's. Family in the first movie. I didn't like that either. It's terrible. It's a terrible idea. Like, it's totally worlds apart. That guy like, didn't even look like a young Jack <laughs> it is, it is stupid. <laughs> so, like, it's they do, why do it again here? It's a good example of, like, don't do that, you know? And uh, like, I don't mind. It's, it's almost like they just drudge that up to give you a reason to hate yeah. it. Yeah. And there's also reasons, like, they, they should have just, you know, there's so much more fun stuff they could just, if you're going to go ahead and make these stupid movies and make them stupid like that, you might as well have fun with it. Like, don't call him Goblin too. Call it Hobgoblin, mm-hmm. and and have him have well, another in the, suit. In the credits, they call him New Goblin, right? But it, and, but but there's there's convoluted. I don't know when we go into how long it's convoluted in the comics. So there's a mm-hmm. Hobgoblin has nothing to do with Green Goblin, right. Except for some, of, he finds like some of the material, so he right becomes he, he, he uses the pumpkin, bombs yeah, and, the and so does the, But it's, that's it. But they could have been Hobgoblin, been kind of cool. I don't, you know. That would have been fine. Um, obviously, Venom is over is terribly done. It's, it's not yeah. very well done. Again, I love the Sandman scene, especially at the end where it does that whole like um, that monster Hellboy two. Yeah, right. Because it's almost like that same kind of thing with the green thing in Hellboy two. So, and I think it's it's the Raven thing, right? So, what's her name is okay as Raven, as we said, the first couple of movies she's okay, and then like the. Th- oh, you talking th- about? Um, well, well, I'm talking about Raven from um, X Men from X Men. The Kirsten does the same thing. The first couple of movies, she's she's you're, she's yelling. That's fair. I'll give you that. But like, she's dealable. The first couple of movies, third movie is almost. It just feels the same way as what's her name is that she doesn't even feel like she wants to be there. And if you read stuff at the time, she didn't. She didn't want to do the movie. So I'm not doing it up. So they write this stupid amnesia thing in. They run. They give her a few extra lines and it just ruins. It just makes it worse. You know. But then they made um, her sing. You know, it's too bad. And and I you could. It, I, I'm a huge fan of um, uh, the stupid cheerleading movie, you know, because I am. I, I, I like that movie. And so I, I, I I've seen it. I seen it because she's so good in that. Like I, I can, I can live with her as Mary Jane. Dance points are really good though, because <laughs> she does scream a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's I don't, not the best cast. I don't want to sure. hate her. I just never thought she was a particularly great actor. Well, she's also like Mary Jane. Also, like she's supposed to be redhead. Like they never, they never hit she's that. Like strawberry right. blonde. It's, it's not yeah, really it's, red. Yeah, you know. Well, they, they picked really... a natural blonde to be a redhead, and then they cast Emma Stone to be Gwen Stacy, who's a natural redhead, right. and made her blonde. 
yeah. The, I think what, now what movie? The one thing I did want to mention: what movie has the Russian chick that's in the Peter's building? Is that like the second? That's movie? the second and third movie. So yeah. that that she's cool. She yeah. they should have developed her more than anyone else than <laughs> Gwen Stacy. She was she actually fed really him cool. cake. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. And, and it was milk. like that. Actually, was like that didn't take too long as an example of something you can add a nice little fun thing in. It doesn't take long. And she had more personality than every other character in number three. So yeah. Like, not to be too crass here, but I kind of wish they had fucked. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Mary Jane's throwing herself all over the all place. Over. Why can't Emo Peter get himself a piece? Uh, what a train wreck of a movie. It's too bad. I still think Garfield's worse, but that's okay. All right, so <laughs> Sam Raimi was actually approached to do Spider-Man 4, which is why there's a five-year gap between Spider-Man 3 and the next Spider-Man movie that came out. But... Talks fell through because he felt like he just couldn't collaborate with the studio to make the movie that he wanted to make. Yeah, the third day was not his fault. Yeah, like he, half that he, stuff d- were not his he decisions. He didn't. He didn't want to put Venom in the third movie right. at all, and he was forced to, kind of against his will. And I think that that was just like the beginning of the end of Sam Raimi and Spider Man, which is unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen what he would have done with a fourth movie if he had the opportunity to stretch out and tell the stories sure. that he wanted to tell. Sure. So in 2012, Sony decided to reboot the franchise, recast everyone, and for some reason, retell his origin story only 10 years after we've already gotten it in The Amazing Spider-Man, directed by Mark Webb, which is just the most coincidental uh, director <laughs> casting choice you can possibly make. <laughs> I thought a lot less of this movie before I rewatched it. Having rewatched it, I feel a little bit better about it. I mean, it still falls in at sixth out of eighth on my list, but there are things about it that I do like. I don't hate Andrew Garfield, and I don't hate Emma Stone. I do not like that it seemed like, story-wise, it was almost a complete remake of the of the first Sam Raimi film. I didn't need to know that he went and got bitten by the radioactive spider and had to go through all of the physical changes and challenges and Too stuff. Too soon. Yeah, it was only 10 years Too ago soon. and only five years since the previous you movie. Done, or you could have done it in five minutes. You didn't have to waste yeah. all that time. The, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I think, handled that, that perfectly. Exactly. You know, they, they just say, we all know the story. I got bitten by a spider. I got these powers. Here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, they wasted so much time retelling us something that we already knew that it really took away from the better storytelling of the movie, the which was his relationship with Doc Connors and the Lizard. Did a little bit, I think the way I ranked it was different than coming at it from that direction. Okay. Actually. I, and the, like, only thing I, that, the only I, thing different they added was that they added the the web shooters. Right. But So they could have covered and they, that. They and just, they introduced us to Peter Parkour as opposed to Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they could have like just they could have talked about that quick. They didn't right, they didn't have to be 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, and then oh by the way, web shooters. Yeah. But I, but I did like the fact as you said that they incorporated the fact that he's smart enough to have developed the web technology right. on his own because that was always something even in the Saturday morning cartoon he couldn't sh- physically shoot webs out of his right. face. He was constantly going to Dr. Connors to try to figure out how to keep up with fi- it, keeping his web shooters full and right. stuff like that. Otherwise it's gross. <laughs> right. I'm sticking by that. <laughs> so this fell at number six on my list. There are things that I did like about it. I thought the relationship and chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone was a lot better than Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. But having said that, like, it still wasn't enough for me to to like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really liked 
I, I don't remember the, the actor's name. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the guy that played Dr. Connors slash the lizard. He's always good. I thought that he did a really good and, job, and I really liked... The CGI in this movie, I feel like Sam Raimi wishes he had access yeah, to the, that technology. The lizard sequences are decent. Like the one where yeah. he's in the you, all the webbing down in the, mm, in in the, the sewers. In the sewers, really good. That's a really good sequence. Yeah, that's that. Like that's the only thing I could think of saying good about that movie. But well, where, where did it fall <laughs> on your list? Seven. Okay. Seven. I I, I, I hate I, I I just I hate strong strong word. I don't know who I don't know Andrew Garfield from Dirt, but I don't like. Well, him this as is Spider-Man strong words with the strong strong so. words. So I, I hate him as Spider Man. Um, I hate him as Spider-Man, too. Kind of what you were saying about Tommy Maguire. Uh, I, I like him as Peter Parker, but I hate him as Spider-Man. What? Andrew Garfield? Yeah. yeah. I'm completely opposite. Okay. I think he is the worst Peter Parker. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I also, he is way too... I'm sorry. Peter doesn't pop his collar. Peter is a nerd, mm-hmm. and he is just not... He's not, he's not nerdy crazy. enough. Yeah. Here's... Uh, well, first off... I, I also do like... Before I let you finish, I also do like that... Unlike the Raimi trilogy, they actually mention Peter's parents. Well, I was just going to get to that. His his real parents because they never they never cover that, and you would think that he would at least be somewhat curious about what happened to them. And they do kind of go into that in the comics. So, uh, Dan, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead and continue. I actually have this at number four. Okay. Part of that is I like Andrew Garfield more than I like Toby. That being said, not perfect by any means. I think. During the fight and action scenes, I actually like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I can't stand him as Peter Parker. I did kind of... He cries a lot as Peter Parker in this movie. (laughs) He's a wuss. He's a bigger (laughs) wuss than Toby. No, I don't don't know. It doesn't look like it as much. I think the reason... That falls into the whole father thing, which... Again, I don't love the fact, like you guys said, that they come back and have to tell the retelling. But I didn't look at the movie when I rewatched them all. I kind of watched them all in a row. So, like, I didn't come at them from, like, oh, it was only five years later. Because I haven't seen a bunch of these movies in mm-hmm, forever. So I was like, okay, well, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, if I had to choose between this and watching Amazing Spider-Man, I usually would probably pick Amazing Spider-Man. There's reasons for that. The cast is less annoying to me. Mm-hmm. I really like the backstory of, of Peter's father. I thought Aunt May again and Uncle Ben were cast great. Well. Who doesn't yeah. like? Who doesn't like uh, yeah. Sally Field, Sally Fields and Martin, uh, Sheen. Martin agreed. Sheen? Agreed. Yeah. Good actors mm-hmm. and actresses. You know, I love the lizard as a character. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So like the action sequences with the lizard were great. I mean, there's there's definitely things about it that I don't like. Like I said, um, oh Emma Stone, I thought was good too. Like. And Stan Lee in the library with the headphones <laughs> on. Another great cameo. My biggest problem with it is right from the get-go in one, and I think this has been mentioned already, Peter tells everybody he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like Everyone. I said, he, he, like, he, Everyone. Liter- he, literally, he literally gets Spider-Man powers, and then he goes to Gwen's house and says, guess what? <laughs> now, uh, almost forgetting, uh, you know, because the kind of attack with the death of Captain Stacy in this. Mm-hmm. And Captain Stacy is Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Yeah. Yeah, they shoved another one where they shoved too many things. Well, too many things. In the well, not as much as they did in the sequel. That, as <laughs> as much as I don't, I know we're getting to it, but as much as we, uh, as I don't hate this movie, I despise the next one too. 
Well, does anybody have anything to say about this movie before we move on to that movie? No. No. Did you say where this landed on your seven, list? It was seven, S- seven. Yeah, seven, you did yeah. say that. Emma Stone's fine in this, actually. I like really like Emma Stone. Yeah, I, I, I like Emma Stone, too. I thought she made a really good Gwen Stacy. She's, although it was like, I remember watching it and being really distracted by her blonde hair. She's a, yeah. It doesn't match and her she's face. Still, like, Emma Stone Hell always has that, talk about aloof. She always has that kind of weird, like, you know, I'm Emma Stone and I'm kind of hate. Half high all the time or something, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she's, she cool. Cute. she's cool. She's cool. She's fine. Yeah, she's yeah. good. So let's talk about the trash that was Amazing Spider-Man 2. This is the bottom of my list. It's the bottom of the list, baby. Uh, seven for me. Okay. Uh, and you had the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 in the bottom of yours, Yeah, right? Terry for Grace is the worst for me. I can't get past him. There's so much in this movie, came out in 2014, that... Okay. My problem is not that they killed Gwen Stacy. I mean, it happens in the comic... I actually thought that might have been one of the better the sequences of the, the movie. movie. Right? Yeah. The highlight of the movie. So, like, I, I just want to preface what I'm going to say about this movie by saying it has nothing to do with that. Okay. Because all of my problems is everything that happens before that. They everything. throw so much at you. And while doing that, not enough. Yeah. They introduce Norman Osborn's character and kill him in the same scene. How do you do that? I don't know. Unless well, it's supposed to be also, not. Also, we all know. I mean, we've done ranking roundtables with Tarantino. Mm-hmm. We all know Jamie Foxx is a hell of an actor. Yeah. He's great. That that part was written so poorly and for that movie. It was not Electro. That's not Electro. No. They, they like, were like, there's nothing it, about it, that that's electric. It's not even ultimate electric. Not even. It's, it, it it's looks just like, he looks like ultimate electric. He looks like, he looks like Dr. Manhattan who no, got no, electrocuted. It, it, you know, you're yes. familiar with the ultimate stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The ultimate, and so he does look like the ultimate. And, and so I think as much as I love the original costume, and, and we can get to that in a minute, because apparently he's will reprise his role in the green and yellow costume. So mm-hmm. this, we'll see. But they were like, look. Just watch Jim Carrey as the Riddler and do that. <laughs> and you get, and you get electro. You're right, Dave. I never the, thought about that. And that's all it is. It's, it really is a read. Right, because he's like bumbling. I'm like, well, I've got this stuff to tell you. He got this big yeah. gap in his teeth. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, come on. Come on. That's not electro. <laughs> so, yeah. It's bad. Well, and then on top of that, you get introduced to Harry Osborn, who, no offense to the kid, I, I didn't like him. I, I, I thought that with the makeup on, he made a really good looking goblin because he's a freakishly looking kid. Yeah, I think he like he's a. Big but him. even that goblin bothered me. Yeah. Oh, he, he totally did. He doesn't have. I, I hated the fangy teeth with the spiky hair, and mm-hmm. it's not that uh, you have this awesome goblin that this is one of the strongest. This is like when we say like you know you X Men like you know do the right costume. Same thing like do the costumes justice. If you do, they will come. I'm yeah. telling you, if if in if in the original Spider Man they would have given. Given him a better costume, I don't know. <laughs> it would be no, it would be number one on my list. It'd be so probably cool. be number one. It'd be on my so list. cool if just his mask was different and afraid to write. If it was just his green goblin, he, he can have the armor, I, have I, the green tinted skin oh, and a hat. It's terrible. Well, and then they mentioned J. Jonah Jameson without ever introducing Every, his character. Meanwhile, we know we always said he's like he's like here we got the the greatest J. Jonah Jameson yeah. of all of them. So well, it, here's and here's oh, and we we didn't even mention though the mi- biggest misstep of all. Rhino. Is Paul Giamatti? Yes, you yes. hire like he's probably the best actor in the entire movie, mm-hmm. and I don't even mind. Like if you actually, could, I think you could have saved the entire movie by having a fight scene at the end, because like he shows they up, cut it off. He shows up as the Transformer well, he, Rhino. I think it's the worst open ending, and you're ever. like, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be wonderful. And they go to credits. 
I don't think I've ever been more disappointed. I can't think of a movie that disappoints you more. And it even here's, has the great build up with the kid I walking know out. Everything about it. It's like the, cool. Here's the thing about this movie. <laughs> oh garbage. my gosh. I feel like this movie was only made to set up other movies. It was. And the greatest disappointment is that none of those movies ever got made. They, they literally secret the, the Sinister, Sinister Six, Six. Or whatever was supposed to come out like a year later. Yeah. If you saw this in the theater, they had the poster out was already out with like the faces on it. Like just to, just so you know, we're gonna follow this up, and you were like, okay. And but what an abuse of like like if I was Paul Giamatti, I would have been I would have been furious. I imagine he was furious that they yeah. didn't get to like flesh this character out just for a second. But again, I can imagine being Paul Giamatti being psyched to play Rhino and then being equally as disappointed to find out that and they're Jamie, never going to do anything. With Jamie Foxx, I think we all know like he, he's like Nick Cage, a huge comic book fan, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like and he gets out, he's like, this is what you did with me? <laughs> like, yeah. like, really? You ruined me. To put it in perspective how disappointing this movie was, it had a $91 million domestic opening weekend at the box office and then finished with $202 million. I mean, that's, it, The movie cost $200 million to make. Yeah, it was such a loss. $2 now, million. It literally well, set them up. We're, we're talking domestic, so like worldwide gross, it, it made its yeah, money back, it, but sure. it's still considered it a so massive bad, failure. That's why that poster of, Center, of Secrets, the Sinister Six, didn't get made. Yeah, is because it's that that bad. Which and, I and they and they like never this. they never did anything. I mean, it, it was okay. So let let's move on because I don't want to Phoenix talk did forever well enough at least to like, get new mutants to come out. <laughs> That's how bad and this one is. <laughs> this movie bombs so hard that Sony finally realized yep. that the only way to save this franchise that they own the rights to is to collaborate with Marvel Studios. <laughs> <laughs> and they finally sure. did that. What well, we can we can just briefly skim over his his, Civil his War. appearance in Civil War, which is awesome. Just a great introduction to a character that everyone loves already. Anyway, if, yeah. you, if you saw Civil War in a theater, it was one of the biggest marks at during that movie. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, <gasps> and then when he pops out during the airport sequence, come on, dude! Mm-hmm. It was one of the greatest. Him adding. Of course, Giant Man is the big kicker there, but Spider-Man adds everything to that sequence. Mm-hmm. Everything to that. I mean, unbelievable. And I'm really glad that they opened Spider-Man Homecoming with POV scenes of him in that airport fight. Yeah, absolutely. Really great. I, I thought that that was a genius idea to introduce Spider-Man slash Tom Holland mm-hmm. into the MCU as a standalone movie. Agreed. I put this movie at number four on my list. Before I rewatched it, it was much lower. But after rewatching it, you can't deny the chemistry between Iron Man and Spider Man, which plays out really You're great. You're talking in this movie. about Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Homecoming Holland. now. Yes. Okay. You can't deny the, the chemistry between those two. Michael Keaton is awesome. Incredible. He's it so sells, good. It sells the whole movie. Like, I almost forgot, when I was originally coming up with this ranking system in my head, I had forgotten how good he was in this movie yeah. until I rewatched it. And he, he he's everything when in this movie. He is everything in this movie. When he, when Peter goes to pick her up. That scene in which he, he turns, walks in and you're mm-hmm. like, oh no, it's her dad. It is one of the greatest reveals, because you didn't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We were, the geeks, no one knew. He, he oh, It's almost goosebumps now, because it's like... Michael Keaton is so good. Again, a, a good example of 
you care for him. He's got a couple good reasons, but he's really being a jerk. Yeah. You know, but he's got a couple good reasons. He's like, okay, but he's, he's stop being a jerk. <laughs> well, and he's they, so good. And they didn't try to do too much with it. I mean, they do kind of incorporate Shocker in there. So, but but those at least work. The works. cameos that are in this are actually so off the chain. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's and they're more, done, yeah. but they're done so slight because they're all part of his crew. And you're like. They don't really go into it, but you're like that's the first. That's, well, you're like, well, that's shocker. Oh, that's second shocker. shocker. <laughs> we, we discussed this out. So if you, I have a problem with the shocker, but at least I I don't mind the way they did it. Shocker's my amongst my favorite villains, Spidey gotcha. villains. So I don't like the way they handle it. But the dude was wearing the right colors. He had the right sweatshirt on. It, like it was like, oh my goodness, it's almost the shocker. So I can live with and, it. And uh, what's his name? The the one who was. There was, I forget, there was, there, who's the other guy? It was not Fixer. It, they, they, they introduced two or three guys. Oh, Scorpion. One, Scorpion, one, guy, he's sure. Ma, one guy is called, they call him Matt Gargan. Yeah, he, no, he has the yeah, Scorpion he's tattoo. He's got Scorpion tattoo. He's, you know, talking, he's talking, talking about the tech guy. Yeah. It's Tinker. It is. Yeah. Yeah, so the, you get like a bunch of villains kind of, which is really cool. But they don't have to do much. They're no. They're just part of his crew. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that once... It's so cool. You just, and it does the setup for the Scorpion. For Scorpion. And, and it allows, like, you're like, how are they getting this technology? Well, it's because freaking the... The she Because, the, because of the Avengers, right? The Ascari right. or whatever they were yeah, called. Yeah. yeah. Because these guys, because there's all this alien technology all roll, you know, everywhere. So that, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So getting into problems with the movie that I had, I can't even begin without even thinking about Marissa Tomei's casting as Aunt May. I love Marissa Tomei. She's way too young. She and is a phenomenal actress. My cousin Vinny, Oscar-winning performance. Can't say enough about her. But she is too young and too sexy to be Aunt May for me. I don't think it's the greatest casting. That being said, because I love Marissa Tomei, it's fine with me. <laughs> and Peter is legitimately young in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even more so. Young, young, young but even like, more so, like, like ninth grade, tenth grade, or so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's really young. So, like, if you think about it, I mean, like, it's hard for me with the comic books because she always looked so much older. Mm-hmm. But, like, legitimately, she could be his grandma. Right. Or, But it's not even his grandma. Or, what am I saying? It's great his aunt. So, yeah. it's his, <laughs> a couple right. of thoughts would be. <laughs> well, and then, on top of that, she learns that Peter is Spider-Man at the end of the movie. What the hell? Yeah, it's still... How, That's not uh, what she said. She says what I, the, the f- only thing I would say is like somehow though, isn't it done better though than, than the other movies? So even so, well, even, no, we didn't even say where we had listed this. To be honest, fellas. this is number two for me. Really, it's I, number I, two for me. As I well. put it yeah. at number four. Marissa Tomei probably is the biggest argument against it, but I don't mind that mm-hmm. because we, we're already going to retell this. This is not MJ. It's not the MJ that we know. Mm-hmm. So it's a different MJ. And it's not Mary Jane; it's MJ. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to do that, we're going to give her give him, you know different. I, I like that girl, by the way, Zendaya. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, she's great. I don't mind now. My problem is that I don't mind uh, Marissa Tomei because like the, the Iron Man thing kind of works, and it's kind of a fun thing to play around with. It's the movie's biggest problem. I would agree with that. Well, and and also, and I'm, I'm going to probably talk about this a little bit more when we start getting into Far From Home. What I don't like about this movie too is. I feel like now that he's incorporated into the MCU, you're putting Spider-Man in a box that he doesn't need to be in. Because I think Spider-Man and the whole Spider-Verse of characters and villains and whatnot is strong enough to stand on its own. But I don't think that the collaboration between studios feels the same way and is always going to rely on Spider-Man having these cameos from Avengers in his movies. 
I, so the problem is you 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 amp the power up the Avengers. Like mm-hmm. Spider Man's nowhere near these other, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first one's trying. I mean, I think Homecoming's trying to tell you that a bit too. With yeah. with he's he's like just be I was friendly like, you, neighborhood. You need to Spider-Man. work home with Daredevil. Like you yeah. hang out in New York and work the streets. Don't mm-hmm. don't come to Infinity Gauntlet with you, which he does anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't do that because you'll die. And and but see, that's the problem with Spider Man. But but that's what I'm saying. Like Tony. Bequeaths all of this technology onto Peter, and it kind of takes not, away how, like how smart he is a little bit. But to he's figure still it out not, on his he's own. Still not even close to, on the same level, power level. It's now it's just a suit now. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I don't know, Iron Man is like Tony is the suit. Like it's weird. That's a different, mm-hmm. almost different what's, symbiosis. What's funny about the whole? I, I understand where you're coming from, but you got to think. Tony also takes the suit from him. Later, yeah, so and then he's running through the hallway, and he lifts up the lockers to grab his little, uh, you know, jumpsuit with the, <laughs> the hood. Um, for me, like this is de- this is number two for me. Like I think Tom Holland is just of easily the best cast. He, he's my favorite of the easily. Three. He's good as both Peter and Peter Spider-Man. and Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I agree. I actually love the being a Marvel junkie and like a, a, a uh, gauntlet and infinity war kind of junkie. I love that this is a Marvel tie in and kind of ties into those mm, me too. for me that actually adds to, to it. While I thought Ned was great. Yeah. You know, as Peter's sidekick, like mm-hmm. yeah. they have a fun little dynamic. It's good. It's really good. I didn't and, really like the kid that played flash though, but like, but, again, like, like, okay. but you're breaking Stereotypes now. I, I get that, and, so it, and it has nothing. Flash is different. Right? It, ha, it has nothing to do with diversity and the choice, yeah, right? For me, it, I think it's just the character himself. Like I feel like he's forcing being a dick. Yeah, he may. That may be true. He, he just <laughs> like he like like a Joe like Joe Manganiello. Yeah. In the in the Raimi trilogy, that dude looks and acts and has the swagger of a dick. It's you just know like, what I mean? It's yeah, it's, 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 it ends up being Biff though. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, which is Flash character might as well be Biff. Yeah, you know? I think one of at my first favorite, he does change in the comics. One of my but. favorite things from this movie, I just wanted to bring it up before we move on. I love Spider Man's banter with Karen in the suit whenever he gets taken off of uh, you know like training wheels mode, and he's just having this conversation with this suit, mm. and the banter he has with Karen. If you really listen, like pay attention, it's hilarious. It's yeah. really good, and he's well just written. talking. He's just talking to a suit. Yeah, but you're written. like, this is like, this is the Peter Parker. Like Peter would do this. Oh yeah, he would completely have this whole conversation with his suit. You know, it, it's weird because like Peter tends to, I think he talks to himself just to hear himself talk sometimes too. Mm-hmm. You um, know, in the comics and stuff. And now that now the CGI is getting so good too at this point that like for example him pulling that ship together is just wonderful. Yeah, some really really good like believable moments. You know. Of stuff that's just impossible, you know. So I thought the CGI is really starting to come so far now in the movies that like it's seamless, you know. Mm-hmm. Really, so I yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm just on the movie for. The oh sake yeah, no, because because I had it at number four. Yeah, so no, it's, still, it's in sure, the top no, half. Of me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So before we get to the sequel, Far From Home, we get Spider-Man Into the Spider Verse, which came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Which I literally just finished watching for the second time as you walked in the door, Dave. Yep. <laughs> This is where, when I said I had kind of an inner conflict of where I wanted to put two and three when it came to Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man film, 
This was my number three. It was almost my number two. It is that enjoyable. I don't know if the first time I watched it, my expectations were so low that it just blew them out of the water. Mine was. And, and, and that's why I wanted to give it an additional watching because it still holds up. It is really good. I I'm not it. even I'm not even a big Miles Morales as Spider-Man fan. I hate him. <laughs> that's okay. But <laughs> but I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. The only reason I put it below Raimi's first one is because if they were both on TV at the same time right now, I would watch Raimi's first one, but that's because of the sentimental attachment sure. I have to yeah, it yeah. and how many times I've already watched it. But I can't say enough about like how good this movie is. The soundtrack in it is phenomenal. And at, for an animated movie, like you almost forget it's an animated movie. It's that well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's my top Spider-Man movie. It's your number one. It's my number one. Hands wow. down. If you don't mind, I'll go with No, no, go, uh, go right I'll ahead. Tell you, I mean, for me, like, as a Spider-Man fan, as a comic book Spider-Man, it hit everything I could have ever wanted in a Spider-Man film. I was never a Miles Morales fan. Mm-hmm. This movie made me really kind of like Miles as a character. Um, I think the two versions of Peter Parker you get are excellent. You get this awesome like coming of the guard scene where he's teaching Miles how to how to swing, swing. Mm-hmm. and do all this stuff, and then you get two different Peters from different planes. You know the multiverse, the dimensions, yeah, the d- different dimensions, who are completely different while so much the same. I really liked the swerve of having Doc Ock be a woman. Well, in this movie, I think that's another reason I like it because, like, they add. I think the the dimension that we actually saw it from isn't the dimension that we would normally have get your like your regular Spider Man. That's the one where the Nicholas Cage, right, <laughs> right. But you know what I mean. Like, I think uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this: my only beefs with the movie have to do with the choices for people to do the voice acting because to me it became distracting like john mulaney as when the pig you could recognize the nicholas cage and especially jake johnson as the fat peter parker from another right. dimension to me it was it was i like their voices and i like how what they lent to the characters but when i know who they are just based on voice alone and not even having to look john mulaney is the only one that really did that for me jake johnson really did it for me and and the second time i watched it nicholas cage really did it for me too it's funny i didn't even realize nick cage was in that movie <laughs> That's a problem. He, he was like the noir Spider-Man. No, no, you're right. Because like, yeah, you, you gotcha. when you watch Toy Story, you don't care that like you, it doesn't matter that it's Tom Hanks mm-hmm. and all these people. Like you, no, it's Woody and Buzz. Like it doesn't. It transcends their voice, right? You know? And it, it doesn't always work necessarily. That might be the best rub, but I don't know if that for me. I don't think that it worked. But I could see your point. It, there. It's my only beef yeah, with no. it. it. Having said that, I, it's still phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's, I, I think. I, sorry, yeah, no, I was going. I, I got my thought back. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, it was almost like they took villains they took because i mean there were so many good villains in that in this in the spider-verse there were so mm-hmm. many good ones you know you had the kingpin you have doc ock which was a lady in this mm-hmm. i think what i was getting at was in the comics there's playing there is a female doc ock on the one in the one you know universe in the one universe of spider-man mm-hmm. um so you get all these different rogues from the gallery but you're getting different versions of them from across the universe which i thought was really cool you know, so you're getting some, you're hitting fans from like old school to new school in one movie. It's just really. I, I liked well done. how in the beginning, for the first time since like a Deadpool movie, that they actually mention 
things that happened in previous iterations mm-hmm. of the movies. Like they show him doing the finger banging, yeah, or the finger, finger pointing, you, you <laughs> finger banging. You want bang, them bang, to do bang. that. Yeah, like every time they do that in any movie, that's when we get excited. Like, cool, yeah. like they've mentioned this, they, they recognize. Right. They're not insulting our intelligence. No. Also, like right. you said, I mean, like, it was great because, like, literally every iteration of the, the Spider-Man in this universe, or in this movie, said, I got bit by a spider. I got, you know, yeah. it was just beautiful. They, they, just, and they, they blow right through they it. They blow through it in, a, like, 30 seconds, and it gives you all the information you need to know of how that particular spider person it, mm-hmm. It also Got shows you. that you can put thirty characters in a movie, and you can st- you can you can do it properly. Where, where did it fall on your list? It's number three. Okay, um, strictly because and I and I, I'm a huge fan of animation. I just like the, I prefer the live action over the animation. That's another reason why it's and, and that's not a terrible thing two. for me to say because I'm a huge fan of animation. It's just well, the thing with the animation the is you can yeah. do more with it than you can. And, in a and live I action. think they did, and that's why they were like they you know because all really, these characters in here it didn't it's not going to cost us nearly as much money. And we can just do this, and then if it works like it did, then now we can do yeah, this. To, to put it in perspective, that movie grossed domestically 190 million versus Amazing Spider-Man Two, which made 202. Yeah. It cost a hundred less million dollars uh, yeah, to make. It, it had, yeah, and the word of right. mouth on it was. Amazing. What's interesting too is like, I mean, Homecoming could have fell fallen at number one for me too. Okay, um, honestly, like I was really really hard pressed for my first couple, but I. F- found myself i think i've watched into the spider-verse like six or seven times now hmm. i just every time like if nothing's on i'll, just, I'll put it on but yeah that's fair. and i've watched it a ton I've and, watched I'm just it like every, and every time i'm like man this is really good yeah it's really it's really enjoyable to watch i got i got no doubt about that in yeah. my mind the one thing i would say like is we, we first thing i i think we watched first time when i mentioned it, it's almost a little self-aware Mm-hmm. And so it's trying a little bit too hard to get all the. It's okay, like I totally forgiving, like it does not bother me. But like it's self aware, like let's make sure we get these people in and get these people in and make sure we cover these bases and get make everyone happy. But you know what? Cool, like it. They, you did it so well, right? That that I'm fine with that. So, so the most recent Spider Man movie that came out actually came out in 2019. And it's the sequel to Homecoming, and it came out after the events of Infinity War and Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home. This one fell to number five on my list. I think it's a good place for it. I, I think it's not as good as Homecoming. I think that, to my previous point, putting it in this Avengers box kind of took away from my overall <laughs> love of the movie. Because now that Tony is dead, they still have Happy in there. They still have Nick Fury Spoiler in there. Alert. Well, we we've been spoiling every single movie. We spoil a few things. We always spoil. It's us. Gwen Stacy dies at the end. <laughs> Somebody shouted that in the theater the second time I saw that movie. That's <laughs> terrible. But they shouted it when I saw X Men Apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> As X Men Apocalypse started, somebody shouted, "Gwen Stacy dies at the end." <laughs> but I I really really liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I didn't think I would as. Was it Glenn Beck? Is it Quentin Beck? Qu- Quentin Glenn, Beck. Oh, Glenn Beck. Beck as Quentin Beck. <laughs> I knew He's it was excellent. wrong, but as soon as it came out of my mouth, I, I thought he was good. I, the the sequences in which Spider Man is fighting Mysterio are awesome. Straight, remember that cart? So the old, old, old cartoon Spider Man. Mm-hmm, Spider- mm-hmm. Man, he would fight, fight Mysterio a couple times, and it made me feel like 
I was on acid, like watching that, like watching a cartoon from the seventies. It was so. I don't want to backtrack too far, but if I was to say one nice thing about Amazing Spider-Man Two, is I really liked the action action sequences between Electro and Spider-Man. Yeah, I thought yeah, they yeah. were. I thought that they were very were visually deep, stimulating. Yeah. Fair. And, and now it almost kind of looked like I was watching a live action video game, but I didn't have a problem with it. Hmm. It was the dubstep behind it that I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. I, I really like this movie. I like the swerve of of have having Beck befriend Spider Man to the point where he gives up Edith, and the the tie in on how like or why he actually wanted that because he used to work for Tony Stark. I like that inclusion in the Avengers universe or, or plotline or whatever. I don't know. It, it's just all of my problems that I had with Spider Man Homecoming seem to like be even more prevalent in this movie. But adding to that, you don't have and, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark in here anymore. So, like, there's this void that they're trying to fill, but they don't. And I think it took away from the story. Okay. I have, a, I have a number one. Really? Yeah. So, it's a given. Now it's part of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. There's no going back. It's, it's part well, of that world. Well, they tried to. It's part of that world. Mm-hmm. It's part of that world now. Was, they were saying, so like, Not permanently. It, well... They have a working relationship. But Tony's dead. So, like, it's part of the 10-year world. Yeah. Okay? So, like, phase one or whatever. It's at the end part of phase, whatever you want to call it. And so, if it is, it's perfect because he is... So, Batman is nothing. Batman is nothing without Kryptonite, right? Batman is nothing. If you read Batman and he fights, like, Two-Face and all these little guys. Spider-Man's the same thing as Batman. He fights... Green Goblin and Shocker and all these little guys on the streets of New York, okay? As soon as you bring the Avengers in, come on. What is he supposed to do? The cool thing about Spider-Man... Hawkeye's an Avenger. And he shouldn't be. Now, granted, he goes out of his way. They go out of his way to make him so... Like, him and Natasha are so good at what they do that they can actually hang out with Captain America and the other guys. I'm not sure how they make it work, but they somehow make it work. Ronan is a big step toward that. So, like, like, he's just... Hawkeye will just kill anyone. So that's really cool. But Spider-Man, at least with Batman, like see Batman in Justice League, you got to give him kryptonite. And he's got, as Dan knows, Batman can kill every single person in Justice League. He knows I need to stop every single one of these people if I have to. Spider-Man doesn't have to worry about that. He's like, I'm just a little kid hanging out with like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and these insane powerhouses. So he's in that universe. That said... You throw them in Europe and all the other, everyone's away. There's nothing to do. Like, so everyone's dealing with their own stuff. So he, it's cool that they were able to separate him from the Avengers universe while he's still intrinsically part of it. The swerve with Mysterio is amazing to me. Gyllenhaal is awesome. The effects are awesome. The fact that there are people that hate Stark is awesome. Yeah. There should be. It's unfortunate Tony's, they're going to, I don't know what they'll do. Like the one of the best parts in the, and the comic books is that Tony's armor gets out. Like this is part of what this happens in a comic book, but to a much greater degree. And everyone gets a piece of his armor and they call it armor wars. And Tony's got to fight like seven different dudes that have stolen his armor. It's awesome. And so at least this gives a little bit like, look, there are people out there that Stark's a pain. Even in the, even in um, homecoming, you got that from Vulture and his crew just because yeah. like they were, 
basically pickers. From, yeah, and they and then they come in and shut them down, and then it was Stark. <laughs> it was it was literally a run. I mean, the the program was run by Stark Industries. Right. So, right. so I like that. Is I like that his technology is getting out there accidentally, incidentally. It's being stolen. Whatever the case may be, is really cool. I love the 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 after effects of Thanos. All that stuff is great. Them dealing with it. I love that at first you think it's like the Fantastic Four. What are they fighting? Who is he fighting at first? And for us who like on the outside, like who didn't know who it was at first, what are they? It's fire. And it's like, cool, is it? And then it just ends up being more. That's awesome. Drones. It's just so cool that they're drones. And, right. And it works so well. And mm-hmm. the way it's all. It's just such a. I right. think they, they couldn't have made that movie 15 years ago. They couldn't have. It's because no. you so believe it. You absolutely mm-hmm. believe. And then you're like. Oh wow, they were really drones. I thought it was real. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you get the ending is a fin- the ending is classic Spider Man. Yeah, sets him up to be a bad guy, mm-hmm. and now like the whole city hates him. Awesome, that's great because that's and just, this is classic. Spider-Man. You get J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson. That's right, excellent. And mm-hmm. and he hates him, and now yep. and he's got and everyone's got he's got he killed Mysterio. That's terrible. I wish they gave him that bad hair piece though. <laughs> Why they let him be bald? It's so weird. It I don't is see, so weird. I don't see, it is weird. I don't see him that way. It is weird. So I, I I loved it. To be fair, I haven't got to watch this one as much again. So I do think that well, it's only been out for right. like a year. So and I, and I half might be able to point. watch it a couple more times. Like, okay, well, I might it might place a little differently if I watch it again. But I just remember loving it. So it's one for me or one for you. Five for me. Where is it at for you, Dan? I have it at five right now. Okay. It could have easily been at four, though. Mm-hmm. Like I could have put it at four and been fine with that as well. A lot of the good stuff that Dave said, I agree with all of it. I think the setup at the end for another movie to come after this is great. With yeah. uh, I, I love that. I think it doesn't rank as for as high for me as Homecoming just because, I mean, you don't have Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. While Jake Gyllenhaal, was, I thought he was good. I actually just think I liked Homecoming Story a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That being said, the fight sequences were just... There was so much about Far From Home that was just excellent. It's, it's visually stimulating to the point of throwing a little blood toward the tip of my penis. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and you can... Uh, and, you know, like, it's funny when you see the elementals in the beginning, like, it actually gives you a throwback feeling to some of the old comics it's, and some of the does. old... Mm-hmm. Like Hydro Man and uh, Captain Planet. Or even Groot before Groot was here. I am Groot. He was like yeah. big giant so, monster. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much about it that I like. I think kind of when I rank this one too, it's funny. I didn't do it so much with Homecoming, but with this one, like, I was like, well, it's a little more more of a a Marvel tie-in movie. So mm-hmm. it does, I think it ranked a little lower just because like some of the other movies that ranked higher are strictly like more Spider-Man mm-hmm. it's centric. It's certainly a follow-up. More Spider-Man centric. The Thanos but that being said, I mean, Homecoming was number two for me. So it's yeah. just really good. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this, this, like I said, this one could have probably fallen, you know, for maybe, maybe even three, Three, but probably four or five is probably the right spot for it. I think. Yeah, right now I, I agree me, with that. Anyway. So I, I like the fact that when we get together, we can have very different lists, but still have the same amount of like love or hate for each of these movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because even though Spider-Man: Far From Home is fifth on my list and fifth on your list, Dan, it doesn't mean we don't enjoy it. No, it's. I really yeah. like it. Yeah, 
And and we may even enjoy it to the level that you do, Dave. It's just we like these other ones better. Than yeah, I, 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 and again, a, a part a part of for me was that that's the only one I've really only seen once. Okay, and so I might watch it again and put put Homecoming on top of it. Strength yeah. of Michael Keaton alone. So, but yeah, yeah, of course, with a rewatch. I mean, you're right. also watching it with. Uh, Tinted glasses at that point too, trying to nitpick stuff. And, and sometimes movies have like sometimes you watch them in the in, in the right place at the right time, and it like mm-hmm. adds a lot to it. Independence Day, I saw July Fourth, mm-hmm. like with the day it came out, and the National Guard came in and freaking paid taps and stuff before the movie. Like, and the movie at, at that point, the movie was going to rule no matter what. Right. I saw Spider Man. I saw Far From Home in Universal Studios, like at their theater, and it was. Amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> so awesome, the, the, sure. the, the experience itself is amazing. So, <laughs> well, well, as we wind down here, I want to just mention a little bit about what we can expect from the Spider-Man That's movies. What's and really going exciting forward. to me, actually, because now take away everything that I said about the box that you're putting Spider-Man in by including him in the MCU. I'm excited at what they're thinking of doing with his character going forward, if the rumors are true. Because currently the rumor is he's going to be in the next Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness movie, which is eventually going to lead to the next Spider-Man movie. The last Spider-Man movie that so that we'll see. Well, we'll see, again, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. As, as see, there was there yeah. was some controversy in there because up until I mean there was like a good like three or four month period in which Sony said they're pulling Spider-Man out of the MCU. And now they're all of a sudden they got a deal again. Because, now we're talking business that yeah. we, that none of us know anything about. And like they tomorrow they could come out and be like, we now we're going to do this. And, well, it, <laughs> yeah. it all it all comes down to dollars and cents, yeah. right? So the whole idea of Sony and Marvel working together is because Sony figured out that on their own they can't make a successful Spider-Man movie, and they felt that incorporating Marvel Studios into it would help them recoup some of. I don't want to say losses because the movie none of the movies were losses. But it could recoup the box office numbers that they once had before they realized too much is too much. But when it, when I say it comes down to dollars and cents, when they cut when they strike their deals together, it's all about like, well, we'll let you have licensing rights to this character that you once owned, but now we do for X amount of dollars as either a flat rate or a percentage of the box office. But then that, in turn, doesn't include things like streaming services, DVD and Blu-ray sales, merchandising rights, right, and things right. like that as well. So it's interesting to kind of see all of that play out, but I hope that it doesn't play out to the point where we don't get to see these movies that are rumored to I, be made with Tom Holland the, still attached. The other problem, too, is that we got, you know, COVID has destroyed the movie industry. Yeah. Uh, they just announced today that uh, DC was going to be in, uh, releasing all of the stuff. Warner Brothers Studios. Warner Brothers. Well, yeah, Warner Brothers. Owns, they're going to mm-hmm. be releasing everything on HBO Max. So uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and all the stuff that's supposed Ma- to. That's Matrix limited, Four. limited theater release. They're, yeah, and but, but like the same day they're going to release it on they're, HBO they're, Max. They're, they're going to be re- they're going to be released for a month. Oh, is it a month? Okay, on HBO Max, and then it'll be strictly in theaters. Okay, and th- so that's a that's crazy. So we'll have to see what happens here. But so the rumor- HBO is going to make a ton of money coming up. They might. Hell yeah. They just might. Not for me because oh, I, I, I yeah, I've been man. I've been paying them for. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> They're already paying them. <laughs> so the cool thing for me is that if the rumors are true, because of the Spider-Verse and, and Doctor Strange, we're going to get 
Alfred Molino is Dr. Ock again. Allegedly. There's, Jamie Foxx has they're, already signed on Electros yep. again. They're, they're talking about Paul bringing... Paul Giamatti is signed on again. They're talking they're about, they're, they're talking about bringing Toby and Andrew, and Andrew back. back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, William Defoe said he'll come back again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, is awesome. No matter how bad they some of those things... They might get to... Like fix some little things too. Everything gets fixed. Like even I mean, you've been hating. Well, you've been well, yeah. And it's, it's going to be what's his name is Venom. Uh, Tom, Hardy. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy. Venom. Awesome because his because that we didn't you know we didn't talk about that movie. It's almost another honorable mention. Yeah, I know Spider Man doesn't appear, but it, like for a Spider Man fan, that is Spider Man. That is like Spidey verse. Like the I I hated the fact that they made that movie without Spider Man in it. That's fair. And, and that's a good. I didn't, and, and I didn't hate. Not, I didn't hate the movie. It's not about like. It, I, I think Venom Two will have at least a cameo. It will. It, it better. It, it will. Yeah. It well, they're gonna put him in. They're gonna put the. They said he they signed him for this movie too. So, I'm excited to see what they would do with that. That that to me is Deadpool City. Like where, yeah. you know, just get some every some cameo of these movies the that you may oh. consider trash, you'll give a whole new uh, love to them because no, they're gonna make fun of. Oh, them but like at least the would. character itself would be like I would. I, I don't. We didn't care necessarily about what Jamie Foxx looked like. It was just what they did to him. Mm-hmm. I don't even care if he's an ultimate electro, but he was just terrible. But if you bring him back, cool. And, and if they put him in the green and yellow costume like they're saying they're going to, you've hit every – you start hitting those nails on the head that we want to see. It will make money. There are reasons why – like you just said before, the Spider-Man, these villains are so colorful, so exciting because they're colorful and exciting. So if you make them that way and put them on screen – Man, there. I think people would love it. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. And uh, just to wrap this up, I had a really good time talking about these movies. I enjoyed watching some of them. I will say one thing: going back to uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, I had a really hard time trying to watch this because I don't own it. It's the only one that I don't. It's own. It's hard to find. Yeah, I had well, a hard you time. Can, you can watch it on demand, but my TV wouldn't let me <laughs> download it. It like I tried like three or four times, and then it would tell me that it was something wrong, no. and it wouldn't let me watch it. So just to put it that way. The movie's so bad, my TV didn't even want me to watch it. <laughs> I gotta be bad. honest, if I never had to watch Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2 ever again, I would be absolutely fine with it. Well, yeah, yeah, we're never going to have to because hopefully we will get a whole bunch more stuff to talk about in the future. So, Huzzah. Thanks, guys. Woo-hoo. Word. Regular listeners of this show know that I don't do this show just so I can sell out. That I wouldn't endorse a product that I didn't believe in that I like to highlight people from my hometown that are doing amazing things. And that's why I'm happy to be sponsored in part by Rolling Acre, makers of CBD and CBG products from my hometown of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Rolling Acre Farm sits on 105 beautiful pesticide-free acres in Carlisle, where they grow high-quality hemp to produce superior-tasting CBD and CBG, unlike anything else you'll find on the market. I have a lot of problems falling and staying asleep at night, But since I started using Rolling Acres CBD and CBG before I go to bed, I noticed that while I'm not getting more sleep, I'm getting better sleep, more quality sleep, and I feel more rested when I wake up in the morning. Rolling Acres spends long days on their farm planting, nourishing, and harvesting their hemp by hand and processing it in a state-of-the-art lab right on the farm before it only leaves to be third-party tested for both quality and potency. Friend of the show, Nate Blazer, uses Rolling Acre for his gluten allergy, telling me that he notices improvement within 30 minutes of using it. 
And if you go to rolling-acre.com, you can learn more about the farm, shop their selections of 1,000 milligram full-spectrum CBD and CBG tinctures, and when you're ready to try it for yourself, you can use the promo code STRONGWORDS to get $10 off your next purchase. They even have two flavors that your dogs, cats, and horses will love. So again, go to rolling-acre.com, use the promo code STRONGWORDS at checkout, and receive $10 off your order. Available to ship in all 48 CBD and CBG legal states. You can find them on social media at Rolling Acre or go to rolling-acre.com today. Thanks, as always, to Dan and Dave for coming on to the show and sharing their thoughts, their opinions, their perspectives, and their ranks for the Spider-Man movies. And I'm going to be posting each of our individual ranks on my social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Ian Strong Words. You can find that there. And we want to hear from you. Tell us if your rank compares with ours, which one of us you agree with the most, or if you don't agree with any of us at all. We want to hear from you. So do so on social media. Again, at Ian Strong Words, or you can get in touch with this podcast via email by emailing the podcast at strongwordspodcast at gmail.com. But that'll do it for another episode of Strong Words with Ian Strong. Come back next week as my monthly special bonus edition of the show comes back with another volume of Shot Glass Diaries, and this is not one that you want to miss. Because this one is so big, I'm going to have to actually take two volumes of Shot Glass Diaries to tell it, because I'm going to be talking about the time that I went to the Netherlands and Amsterdam. And if you're a fan of my Shot Glass Diaries, you're not going to want to miss this one. And if you're a fan of my feature episodes, we'll come back in two weeks as I have my good friend Mark Shuey, the former sports broadcaster for Wink 104, WITF-TV, and PCN, returning to the show so that we can recap everything that happened in baseball's offseason as we look forward to a full 2021 baseball season. So next week we got Shot Glass Diaries. Two weeks from now, Mark Shuey's back on the show. But in the meantime, as I say every episode, stay safe out there. Spend a little time every day doing something that you love. And if you got something to say, keep your words strong. How strong? Ian Strong. Strong words!